0: Hello, welcome to 21st Century Moses Podcast. My name is Sammy Zhu, your host. The whole world is watching news. It's about Queen Elizabeth's death and King Charles III' proclamation to be the new king of England. Now, whether you're from different countries or whether you're from England, almost everyone is watching the news very seriously. It is an amazing scene. I was thinking, I was watching the news as well. It's a glorious It's very serious. Lots of people are cheering for that. Does God cheer for the new king of England? Well, I don't think so. Well, everything... Is under God's control. So even the earthly kings are under sovereignty of God because God is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the true king. So he governs, he governs and he rules over all the world. So of course he knows uh, the new king and everything. However, the real crown is not like the earthly crown. We're gonna learn about a man named Stephen today. Stephen's name means crown. Now, his crown looks very different from Elizabeth or uh, Charles, the, their, their uh, crown. This crown is much similar to Jesus' crown. As we go through the book of Acts, Now, we are learning about how the Holy Spirit works and how the church was formed, but the church history is not an easy history. It was not a rosy history. It was a very thorny history because Jesus went through the thorn on his head that he shed his own blood. But not just him, but his children also shed lots of blood for his kingdom, for his glory. And that is the crown that we want to uh, learn from today's passage. Today, we're going to study from Acts chapter 7, verses 51 through 56. Then you will see how Stephen uh, died, but it was a glorious death uh, in front of God. Not in front of people, but in front of God. And that is what the true crown looks like. Now, from, uh, from Stephen's example, we can learn two things. The first thing is this. Speak the spiritual truth. And the second thing is, see the spiritual reality. Those are the two things that we can learn from uh, Stephen. So let's read today's passage. You men who are stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, and you have now become betrayers and murderers of him. You who have you you who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. Now when they heard this, they were infuriated. And they began gnashing their teeth at him. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Amen. Wow, this is amazing. Now, Stephen was one of the seven deacons that were appointed. If you remember from last week's sermon, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, we learned about how we can multiply. To multiply, you must be dedicated to the gospel of Christ Jesus. You must be willing to sacrifice even your life for the kingdom of God. But not just that, you need to delegate, right? So that's what's happening there. And there are so many disciples increasing in number. And then there are some complaints. So, the apostles decided to appoint seven elders who are spirit-filled, and then um, they delegated the task of a ministry together with them. Now, one of those seven deacons who were uh, ordained was Stephen, and today we are looking at Stephen's life. Now, S- Stephen, although he was a deacon, but he was also preaching to the crowd. That's we see in the the beginning part of uh book of Acts chapter 7. Now, he started from the Old Testament. Of course, there was no New Testament at the time, so he was preaching from the Old Testament. He was going through uh, the figures and the characters in the Old Testament. And then uh, his conclusion was this. As As you can see in verses 51, you men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, are always resisting the Holy Spirit. What it was what was Steve, Stephen was talking about? He was telling that throughout the whole Old Testament, that people of God, even though they are called by God and they were um, saved from out of Egypt and they went through so many miracles and wonderful power of God, however, their hearts were so dull. And stiff, their neck was stiff, and they were resisting the work of God. They were resisting the Holy Spirit. They were, they kept rebelling against God. That was really the point that Stephen was making. And then these people who, whom, Uh, Stephen was pre were preaching to were not different from this resistant people. Even at Stephen's time, even now, 2022, there are so many people in the world, and uh, most everyone is resisting. To the truth, that is the sin because we became disobedient to God and that disobedience is not just from us, but it was from the beginning. Adam and Eve disobeyed God because of their stubborn heartedness and then people, everyone inherited their stubborn heartedness from um, Adam and Eve and we all are sinners before God according to Romans 3.23. We are all sinners before God. We are all stiff necked But let me tell you, That is not the easy message to speak. But Stephen was here, he was was speaking the spiritual truth. That's the number one that uh, Stephen was doing. Speak the spiritual truth. Truth matters. Truth will set you free. However, truth hurts. Why? Because it is the brutal truth about who we really are. Now, Stephen was not afraid of people. What he was so devoted to was not to please people, but it was to please the Lord. It was to speak the truth as it is because he was called by God to, as the messenger, as the master for Christ Jesus, to speak whatever God gives to him now if you read the bible very carefully uh, some people say it is very encouraging but the truth of the matter truth of the matter is the bible the word of god is like the double-edged sword according to hebrews 4 12. it is cutting our hearts it really break our hearts is it a good thing it is a good thing that God, the Holy Spirit, is exposing our sinfulness, our sin, so that we can be desperate before the Lord, that we can truly experience the power of the blood of Christ Jesus. But let me tell you, honestly, that is not easy. It's not easy listening. You know, when these people were hearing when Stephen was talking about their th- sin, instead of being repentant of their hearts, they became angry. They became, They began to gnashing their teeth because they they knew that Stephen was using God's word, but that God's word was penetrating their hearts and that God's words was was um, piercing their hearts. So it was the very very difficult uh, moment for them to listen to this truth. However, Stephen did not was not afraid of anybody there. He was speaking the truth faithfully. And that is what we need to do. No matter how uh, people look, we must not be afraid of them. Let's say you're in front of uh, very high officials. Let's say you're in the proclamation of King Charles in, in, the, in the Buckingham Palace. Okay. Now, if God is speaking to you, that you need to speak the truth to everyone, including the king. What would you do? They say, oh, you are a sinner. You must repent. And when everyone is saying, cheer for long live the king, long live the queen, everyone is cheering for this new person, new um, regime. But would you be willing to speak the truth to them? I know it's very, very difficult. But if God calls us to do that, we must be brave. We must be faithful to the Lord, not to the people, even if it's taking... Even if it takes our life, we must be obedient to the Lord, not to the people. Galatians 1.10 If I am here to please men, then I'm not the servant of God. That is that is the most fundamental the attitude, the posture that we must have. We are not here to please people, but we are here to obey the Lord. So no matter what crowds that we have in front of us, no matter what people we are speaking to, doesn't matter. We need to speak the truth as it is, even if the message is offensive to them. Just like the doctor says the truth to the patient, right? Even if it's a cancer, if the doctor is afraid of that patient and say, I want to be just encouraging the person. So if I say you have cancer, then it will be very discouraging for that person. So I would just say, yeah, you have a mild cold. So probably this patient would be encouraged. If I'm that doctor, am I doing a good job? No, I should be fired. From the hospital, right? What my, my job is this: diagnose correctly and tell the patient the truth, so that the truth the patient will know what is truly going on. Same thing: we need to speak the truth to the people. The message of repentance that we are all sinners before God. There is no exception. Whether you're king or queen, or whether you're president or CEO, supervisor doesn't matter. We are. We are all sinners before God, and we are doomed to death, and we are doomed to uh, second death, which is hell, eternal punishment. We need to speak the truth. But the second thing is this: see the spiritual reality. First one is to speak the spiritual reality. The reality is sin. We uh, the speak uh, the truth. The reality is that we are sinners. However. Also, we need to see the spiritual reality. So let's look at um, the, uh, the remaining passage. In verse 53, You who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. Now when they heard this, they were infuriated, and they began gnashing their teeth at Him. Okay, now let's just stop for a moment here. It's like, hmm... Things were not really going well. Now, Stephen was faithfully preaching, delivering the message as it was, right? He was speaking the truth as God commanded him to do. Now, if you are obeying God, then you would expect good things, right? Right? Probably you might think, yeah, if I speak the truth, I spoke the truth, and people were repenting and they were coming to Jesus Christ. Well, and that that was what was happening for Peter in Acts chapter two, as you remember, Peter was preaching the same message: you need to repent, you need to turn away from your sin, and then three thousand people. Except to Jesus, and they were baptized. And elsewhere, the apostles were preaching and preaching the same message, right? 5,000 people were coming to Jesus and they were baptized. So, when you would probably expect that type of success when you speak the truth. But the, what's happening here in today's passage? That was not the case. People got angry, they were gnashing their teeth. They're about to kill Stephen. Now, just if you think about the situation, what would you think? You know, Stephen is a total failure, right? In terms of human, um, in, in the human eyes, right? He was preaching so hard, and he was going through all the Old Testament. Now, what? He is getting people. He is getting people mad at him, and this is what he is getting. Wow, it's like he, he, in the worldly eyes, he was not a successful pastor, uh, he was not a successful deacon. Nowhere in the Bible saying Stephen preached and some people, not even one person coming to Jesus Christ in, that, in this chapter. So, yes, it looks like a total disaster. This is what you get when you obey God. Probably Stephen could be uh, disappointed right? If you were in that, if, if we were in his shoes, would you be uh, disappointed as well? But he saw the spiritual reality. So that's the remaining passage. Let's forget this. In verse 54, uh, 55, but he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, he was not full of affirmation from people he was not full of applause applause from the people but he was full of the holy spirit and then looked intently into heaven he saw the spiritual reality and saw the glory of god and jesus standing at the right hand of god and he said behold i see the heavens opened and the son of man standing at the right hand of god wow This is so powerful. Yes, the reality was a persecution. People were getting mad and they were picking up the stones about to kill Stephen. But Stephen was not afraid of them because he saw the spiritual reality, the glory of God, the Son of God, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, was standing at the right hand of God. He saw the heavenly, he saw the true spiritual reality. This is much more beautiful. This is much more glorious than the proclamation of earthly king. Earthly king will die eventually. As we saw, uh, Queen Elizabeth was ruling over uh, England for 70 years. That's a long time. But compared to the eternity, that's like a speck. That's like even that's smaller than dot right? What is the reality? The reality that we are living in here on the earth is probably uh, just uh, like a blink of an eye. However, the true reality is the heavenly reality. That when Stephen saw the heavenly reality, whatever happened to him, even nobody was coming to Jesus at that day, at that, on that day, then there were only people angry at him. The people were trying to kill him. But Stephen did not care about it. He only cared about what he saw. When he saw the spiritual reality, his heart was filled. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what we need to do as well. Sometimes we try to look at um, the earthly reality earthly success. Now, if I do this, so I gain this much money, when I do this, You know, I earned this degree. You know, if you're in ministry, if you're in a church, you're like, okay, I did this. I preached and I shared the gospel. Look at this. So many people coming to Jesus and so many people repenting of their sin. That's all good. I'm not saying that's bad. bad. It is good because we saw so many people coming to Jesus through Peter's ministry and through Paul's ministry. And in the next chapter, in chapter 8, Philip was doing amazing ministry. He led Ethiopian uh, eunuch was a very um, uh, top leader of that country, and he led the uh, eunuch to Jesus Christ. Amazing, amazing thing happened. But here in today's chapter, it's like all failure. Nobody was coming to Jesus. They were only angry. However, we see the glory of God right there. No matter what result you have on the, in the earth, if you are truly born-again believer, if you're truly a child of God, you need to look at the spiritual reality. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords is in full of glory, and Christ Jesus is standing at the right hand of God. That is the truth. That is the reality. You just need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and look at the spiritual reality. In fact, let me let me tell you this: was Stephen's ministry total failure? No. I don't think so. As I already mentioned in next chapter Philip was sharing the gospel and Philip was leading this Ethiopian eunuch to Christ to Jesus. Now in chapter seven and chapter eight, there's a remarkable uh, the uh, the transition. If you remember Acts chapter one eight, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive the power, and then you will be you will be Jesus's witnesses, starting from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to all around the world, and that was that's happening in the book of Acts. Now in Jerusalem. Chapter 1 through 7 is talking about Holy Spirit's work in Jerusalem. But from chapter 8 through 12, it is talking about the Holy Spirit's work among Judea and Samaria. And from chapter 13, you see the rest of the Holy Spirit's work among the nations. But between Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, that was the transition. There was a transition between chapter 7 and chapter 8 that is Stephen Stephen was one of those who are persecuted but he was the first he became the first martyr. he is we became the first one who sacrificed his life for the kingdom of God and God definitely honored his sacrifice and through persecution the gospel was not contained in remaining remaining in Jerusalem only but the gospel spread out to Judea and Samaria and not just that look at verse 56 and he said Uh, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So you see that uh, Paul was looking at, uh, I mean, uh, Stephen was looking at the kingdom of God. Just two verses down, 58, you see that Paul was standing right there. Now, in the Bible, it says Saul because that was time before uh, Paul was Saul. But he was right there. Of course, he was not accepting Jesus at that moment. He was actually angry. He was one of those angry people toward Stephen. However, just think about this. There are so many people, but only Saul's name mentioned there. He, doesn't, he didn't probably have to be mentioned there, but he was at that moment. And in chapter 9, we see the amazing testimony of how Saul became Paul, how Saul met christ jesus and as you know the rest of the story uh, paul became one of the best what not best but one of the most important apostles that he wrote almost half of new testament and he became the uh, most prominent missionaries uh, missionary of that time even now we have influence of paul But spiritually speaking, physically speaking, even though he was there as a persecutor, however, spiritually speaking, we see the baton was passed from Stephen to Paul. You see how God is at work? Probably you might think like what you are doing looks so failure. And you don't really see much of a result. But if you are faithful to the Lord, whatever result you see, you are not failure. God is in control. God connects from Stephen to Paul and God spread the gospel from Jerusalem to Judea but right in front of right in the in the midst of it Stephen's death was there death sounds like a total failure but it was not God used Stephen in a powerful way for the advancing God's kingdom even though he did not see any result in his lifetime that reminds me of a story of Jim Elliot. He was one of the five missionaries who went to Aka Indians in Ecuador. But right after, as soon as he landed on the land, he was killed by the Aka Indians. He could not even share the gospel with them. You might think that that was total mistake, total failure. He was—we just lost the brilliant man, young man. That was not the case. God brought uh, Jim Elliot's wife and his son to back to Aka Indians. The gospel spread out the whole village. So many people came to Jesus Christ. See, and then that also reminds me of how Korea was evangelized. There was a man named Thomas. He came from England to to uh, Joseon Dynasty. That was the previous name for uh, Korea. When Korea was uh, one of the most persecuting country toward Christianity christians thomas came and then he landed in korea but right after he landed in korea he was his head was chopped off he could not even share the gospel with anyone in that place but the one of the soldiers who killed the uh, thomas brought thomas's back to his home in Thomas's back there were a bunch of Chinese Bibles of course this soldier did not know anything about the Bible but he ripped off all the Chinese Bible and then uh, he put it on his wall he used them as a wallpaper guess what every morning every night whenever he comes home he began to he could read the Bible and he became a believer he became a spiritual leader the church was planted you might think like wow when you look at Thomas's life, he cannot Thomas cannot even see the the result or fruit of his ministry in his lifetime. But God is God of eternity. God used Thomas's ministry, Thomas's presence right there to sp- spread the gospel to all around Korea. So you never underestimate, never underestimate your ministry unto the Lord. Ultimate truth, ultimate example is this. Jesus Christ died on the cross. The cross was the most humbling, humiliating penalty for sinners. Jesus took that cross and he died naked. If you were there, what would you think? Is he really the son of God? Is he really the Messiah? No way. He failed. He failed the mission. He just died right like that. I mean, that's what everyone thought when Jesus died. It was a total failure to human eyes. But that was the planned, predestined, the only way to forgive all our sins that God prepared, even from the beginning. God purposefully, God intentionally put Jesus on the cross to forgive our sins. Jesus finished His mission. That's why He said, it is finished. And he rose from the dead gloriously, victoriously in three days to, to seal his missions that not only he justifies us, but he forgives us and he also glorifies us to be like him, to be with him. So when people, when everyone thinks that your ministry is done, your ministry is totally unsuccessful, not effective, you are total mis- uh, you are total failure, we need to look at the spiritual reality we need to see the spiritual reality when things look as so dark no fruit nothing look at heaven look at the lord god who is in full of glory look at jesus christ standing at the right hand of god as stephen saw so so important so what do we learn from today's story from stephen his name means crown his name didn't look like crown to human eyes but he was a full of crown in front of God that he saw the kingdom of God in his eyes through his eyes right before he died same way that we need to have the crown crown of life not the crown of the world but the crown of life by being faithful to the Lord to do that we need to speak the truth as it is second we need to see the spiritual reality as stephen did let's pray heavenly father we thank you we praise you for today's message father it is very difficult to speak the truth spiritual truth but father please give us faith give us boldness now so that wherever we go we can speak the truth as it is so that will not please people but will please you alone but also at the same time even if there are uh, oppositions persecutions toward us because of our faithfulness to you father please help us to see the spiritual reality so that we will not be dismayed by the uh uh, surroundings or what's happening around the uh, around us f- with our physical eyes but father please help us to open our spiritual eyes to see the spiritual reality that we will look at your glory and then we will be filled with the holy spirit so that we will not be uh in, we will not be afraid of people but we'll be always be faithful we'll be always be obedient to you lord father we do thank you we praise you in Jesus' holy name we prayed amen